1: Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, Kellogg is announcing a major shift in marketing on the basis of meeting nutrition standards for all products that it markets to children. Of course, many of the large food manufacturers in this country are adopting these standards. They don't want to be sued. Well, it's an amazing revelation. Our health care bill, and I know there's many of you out there who say it's a disease care bill in this country, has risen to $2 trillion, the highest point ever. Well, now some experts say that half of it may be unnecessary. We're going to be talking about some of those unused tests and treatment And some of the questions you should ask when a test or treatment is suggested to you. We're talking about overused medical tests and treatment. We invite you to join us at 800-307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest.
1: Well, this is a pause for concern. Stanford University has been taking a look at the um, recognized phenomenon of many frog deformities in this country, uh, as has the uh, University of Colorado uh, in, in terms of their research scientists. They now, thanks to a new study, indicate that fertilizer runoff could be the reason behind a dramatic increase in, fo- in frog deformities in North American lakes, which of course begs the question, what about people who swim in those lakes? What about um, people who drink water that is perhaps pumped from those lakes? That frogs with either extra or malformed legs has been a, a, a focus of attention since 1995 when a number of school children in Minnesota began studying wetlands and found a high number of frogs with either missing or extra legs. It seems to smack of what we found in West Virginia, which prompted a U.S. geological survey when a little high school girl in West Virginia, after reading that there were drug residues in lakes in Switzerland, wanted to test the Ohio River. Um, Dr. Peter Johnson of Stanford University has shown that there is a flatworm parasite that's one of the major causes of frog malformations, but they now believe that fertilizer pollution boosts the numbers of parasites in uh, lakes and ponds, which uh, currently, um, accordingly, um sets the stage for more frog malformations. And of course it begs the question when we purify our water systems, do we take into account that um, non organic farms um, have runoff that contain large amounts of phosphorus and nitrogen and that can accept that can upset the delicate balance of nutrients in our water supply system, affect the water uh, uh, life that lives there. Of course, you have to ask the question, what about for you and me? Well, despite the recent hype all about deep vein thrombosis, economy class syndrome, a new study indicates that only 1 in 5,000 people are at risk for those venous clots when they are, are sitting uh, in long hours of immobility during flight or car or bus ride or train ride. Uh, a new uh, study out, thanks to European researchers, calculated the risk and found that for most people, that so-called economy class syndrome risk is actually very small, but also given the fact that um, immobility is all too <coughs> excuse me, common these days, and inflammation is all too rampant these days, perhaps we should pay more attention because in just the last few years, we've gone from an incidence of 400,000 reported strokes to 700,000 reported strokes. But just keep in mind that that risk of deep vein thrombosis, economy class syndrome, increases with more flights taken during a shorter period of time, and the risk is particularly high for women under the age of 30 taking birth control pills. Wow, that's eye-opening indeed. Well, where did they look? A study published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal showed no significant difference in pain reduction between two groups being treated for fibromyalgia, one group using magnets, the other a placebo. They concluded that magnets don't fight the pain of fibromyalgia. They went on to claim that there is little science to back up magnets. Where did they look? There have been whole books with just page after page of scientifically published literature indicating that magnets can make a difference in pain as well as healing. So they went on to conclude that magnets cannot be recommended. (laughs) But it begs the question, look at the golfers. They all wear those magnetic bracelets. Would they wear them if it doesn't work? Well, perhaps the placebo response (laughs) is uh, profound. Of course, uh, the question is, why don't you use whatever works? Well, it's a sobering admission, a a state of Washington hospital now admitting that it violated the law when it performed a hysterectomy on a mentally underdeveloped child solely to make it easier for her parents to care for her. Remember the ethical dilemma that swarmed around this decision by the parents in the hospital to comply uh, with her uh, her parents' decision. The child was six at the time of the hysterectomy. The doctors also removed her breast tissue, began to treat her with growth-stunting st- uh, hormones to keep her more small and more easy uh, to, to care for. <laughs> but um, in the state of Washington... Uh, sterilizations on children are only allowed by court order, making the decision of the hospital to comply with the parents' wishes illegal. This child suffers from permanent brain damage it makes her impossible it makes impossible for her to walk, speak, swallow, even hold up her head while laying down. But then, I mean, we take a look at people in vegetative states who all of a sudden wake up, people who are artistic, who become normal, people who have suffered strokes and been paralyzed for 60 years, who use innovative therapies out there, who all of a sudden become normal and why none of us can put ourselves in that child's parents' shoes. Uh, Sometimes you wonder if if the doctors know better, with the Washington Hospital now admitting that it violated the law when it performed not only a hysterectomy on this child at the age of 6, but removed breast tissue and began to treat her with growth-stunting hormones. Well, is it the water? Is it the hormones? I suspect these researchers want more money for more study. Uh, McMaster University in Canada have shown that women are more attracted to men with deeper voices. They judge them to be older, healthier, and more masculine than their higher pitched rivals. Which means that deeper voiced men have more kids. Which of course begs <laughs> begs the genetic question: Do we breed because of this, um, you know, natural selection? men with the deeper voices um, and really breed that into uh, to the uh, the population on the whole because of just natural selection. Of course, we are undergoing uh, just massive changes because of the use of medications in chronic conditions where we would not have in the past what we now have, And that is um, we fly in the face of natural selection when it comes to, for example, acute asthma, um, other acute cases of illness, because these would have been bred out of the population. When we tend to continue to treat these conditions uh, using medications, Um, and make them part of of the community of a whole. It it sounds a little bit strange, but if you take a look at what has now become commonplace in medicine, far different than it was uh, even a few decades ago. Well, it's a study out of Montfiore Medical Center in New York. They say using a hospitalist, if you go to a hospital and are assigned a doctor, You were going to receive uh, better care and a shorter length of stay in the hospital. But uh, I've personally been a party to two hospitalizations involving hospitalists, and I found that they really didn't know the whole patient history, and that's a real downside. Speaking of downsides, we'll return to talk about overused medical tests and treatments. How does it affect you? How do you make an informed decision when something's recommended for you? Inviting you to join us right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray.
0: Complementary medicine is not where you're told. You look marvelous. Find out what it's really all about. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray
1: overused medical test and treatment. We invite you to join us. As always, we're just a phone call away at 1-800-307-3002 with the annual bill, some call it disease care, no matter what you call it, medical care, health care, disease care in this country, now reaching an all-time high of $2 trillion. Philip Howard who leads the bipartisan effort Common Good, has um, directed to our attention University of Pennsylvania studies indicating that 93% of what doctors do, order, suggest, recommend, write out prescriptions, is all based upon defensive medicine. In other words, it may not be backed up by science, it may not be what's best for you, but given the scenario that those medical records may be reviewed by an attorney or by a peer review uh, panel of that doctor's peers, what we find is that some experts say as much as one half of what comprises that two Trillion dollar disease care bill in this country is unnecessary. Expensive treatments, unnecessary care. (laughs) Well, we know the downsides of some of the care that we consider, and if half of it is unnecessary, it begs the question given the fact that one of the top five killers in this country is directly related to medical care, medical errors hospital-acquired infections, uh, bed sores, uh, medication errors, side effects of properly prescribed prescription drugs. How many lives could be saved, how many lives could be bettered, if we identified just exactly which tests and procedures comprise the $1 trillion of medical care That is totally unnecessary. I remember many years ago, in fact it was uh, back in the 80s, soon after we started this show, which, uh, gosh, Monday, October the 1st, we'll start our 26th year on the air, the RAND Corporation, very interesting group out of California, very objective science-based group, a la the Cochrane Collaboration out of England, which has uh, uh, satellites around the world, to take a look at certain medical procedures. One of the most eye-opening RAN Corporation's analysis was on a procedure that was done more times than we would like to admit. Endoscopy. Got a little stomach pain. Got some reflux. Suspect an ulcer. No matter what the reason for endoscopy it was done over and over and over again in conventional medicine which led the rand corporation at one point in the 1980s to to proclaim it was the most often un most often done unnecessary procedure in medicine endoscopy that it often did not deliver a diagnosis when it did the diagnosis was often false because the endoscopy procedure itself could irritate the lining of the stomach resulting in a diagnosis of gastritis that was strictly because of the procedure and in many cases did not live up to the gold standard when it comes to asking your physician when a medical test or treatment is recommended for you Doctor, I want to know how this will change the outcome or the treatment or the diagnosis of my condition. And if you get a little hemming and hawing, you may want to question why this test, why this treatment is being recommended for you. So let's review some of the most commonly acknowledged by all overused test and treatment In this country, because I think it will perhaps uh, stimulate some thought process on your end when a, a physician either recommends one of these tests or treatment for you, someone that you know, maybe a family member, to ask some tough questions. Just think of it. Where would we be if we were able to cut the disease care bill in this country in half? We would have less deaths. We'd have better quality of life for many. We would save a lot of money. We would not be facing the crisis that we are in Medicare and Medicaid. And just perhaps we would have a lot more focus on true preventive, not only detection, true preventive care that might help that next generation which is now being told you're not going to live as long as the previous generation first time ever for that that we might be able to turn the tide on that number one when it comes to overuse test and treatment back surgery just think of it we do some 183,000 spinal fusions back surgery each and every year in this country and we have done for every year that I personally know for the last 25 years and it is possible that it's, it's actually more than 25 years. That's my own conservative estimate based upon my own personal experience. 185,000 spinal fusions each and every year in this country. And conventional medicine acknowledges that in 90% of the cases, back pain goes away on its own within six weeks. of back pain goes away on its own in six weeks but the surgery which can cost $20,000 plus physician fees why it can relieve the pain somewhat faster than physical therapy and medication if you take a look at at both groups of patients they have similar improvements at both two years and five years And all of us know the downsides of medical error during surgery, anesthesia, mishaps, even in the best of hands. So just think about the money and the quality of life that could be saved by just addressing one simple procedure, back surgery. The next, well, it's becoming all too common with estimates as high as 60 million cases each and every month in this country of heartburn heartburn surgery at that new surgery to surgically tighten the sphincter that controls keeping the stomach ac- the stomach contents of acid and, and food uh, breakdown products in the stomach and not backing up in the esophagus cost. $15,000 or more and quote provides no better long term relief than taking a medication. Doesn't even take into account that the integrative approach is to actually reverse that condition by addressing the reason why you have that lazy sphincter to begin with. Is it certain foods that you're consuming or not consuming? Is it certain medications? Is it the fact that you eat too much and too late at night and too sedentary after those meals? So heartburn surgery, quote, provides no better long-term relief than taking a medication which costs less than a dollar a day, much less the integrative approach that can actually address the reason you have the condition and save you $15,000 plus. We're going to return. We're talking about Overused medical tests and treatment. What are they? How do you learn from it? What are some of the tough questions that you can learn to ask when these tests and treatments are recommended for you? 800 307 3002. I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio.
0: The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life.
1: You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. We invite you to go to the phone, pick it up, give us a call for our discussion of overused medical test and treatment. Our bill of disease care in this country is now a record-breaking $2 trillion. And as far back as October of last year, the Science Times and the New York Times reported that we tend to push prescriptions and push procedures. And that was from the words of an Emory-based preventive cardiologist. That according to him, there is a real scientific disconnect between the U.S., and the rest of the world, the rest of the world basing much of their medical care on science, as well as treating the patient as a whole in this country. Too much treatment, too many drugs, too little true preventive care. One half of this record $2 trillion now recognized to be unnecessary. So we talked about some of the most overused tests and treatments, including back surgery and heartburn surgery. We move on to prostate treatment. Now, this may sound radical, but it is soon to appear in a mainstream journal that prostate cancer surgery can cause $17,000 or more, often done without adequate discussion of the alternatives because of the high risk of both incontinence and impotence following prostate cancer surgery. And the revelation that even if you have your prostate gland removed, the cancer can reoccur. So this move to cut it out, not backed by solid science, and the amazing mindset shift is that recently in the medical literature comes the revelation that even if you're in your 50s and diagnosed as prostate cancer, that that aggressive therapy, oh my goodness, we have a 50-year-old with prostate cancer, we have to do prostatectomy, we have to do uh, aggressive therapies, doesn't result in a longer life or a better life. So, one of the most overused medical tests and treatment in our culture, in this country, prostate cancer surgery. Learn to ask the tough questions about the alternatives to prostate cancer surgery, and by all means, review the risk versus the benefit, because for some, the risk outweigh the benefits of prostate cancer surgery one of the most recently revealed, overused medical treatments, implantable defibrillators. Yes, our Vice President has one. One One-third of people who get these implantable defibrillators, now shown by research to not really need them, that this year Medicare will pay for an estimated 50,000 defibrillators, each cost $90,000 over a lifetime. And the revelation is very clear that for many, these repeated shocks can be detrimental, not beneficial. So if we're taking a look at Medicare being part of consuming the federal budget within our lifetime, one-third of people who get implantable defibrillators do not really need them. And recent revelation uh, that was published in mainstream newspapers in this country revealing that for many the risk outweigh the benefit. The next, it's amazing, but it was published in Business Week last year. And this year, the revelation that we are now doing 1.2 million plus coronary stents each and every year in this country. Billions are spent each year to insert tiny mesh tubes to prop open coronary arteries. In other words, the catheterization procedures, the balloon angioplasties, and the accompanying stents. The revelation, though, is that the procedure plus heart drugs turns out to not work any better to prevent future heart attacks than heart drugs alone for people with stable heart disease so the intriguing article published in business week last year quoting a number of mainstream heart doctors at big name institutions universities around the country that perhaps many of most of these procedures unnecessary put the patient at future risk because you have a stent that may trigger a, a stroke. We now know with some of the drug-coated stents that they trigger um, late term, in other words, six months after the procedure and thereafter, an increased risk of clots. So just imagine. Billions being spent each and every year to insert tiny mesh tubes, balloon angioplasty, to prop open coronary arteries along with the accompanying coronary stents, better than 1.2 million a year. But quote, according to the conventional medical literature, coronary stents do not work any better to prevent future heart attacks than heart drugs alone for patients with stable, coronary heart disease and of course the amazing revelation is that this push to have blocked arteries open doesn't translate to less heart attacks and less strokes I know doesn't sound like it makes sense but you don't die from the blockage the body has ways it establishes collateral flow You can improve that collateral flow by exercising. In fact, just two weeks ago at the European Cardiology Conference was U.S. literature presented that exercise causes your bone marrow to produce new stem cells to grow blood vessels around the blockage. You can stimulate that with external enhanced counterpulsation, EECP paid for by Medicare if you're not a surgery candidate. So here are two non-surgical means of improving that blood flow. Coronary stents. Just think about it. More than a million done each year in this country. No better than the drugs alone for patients with stable heart disease. The next a record high 30.2% of all live births in this country now done by C section. $7,000, 55% more than natural delivery. Most C sections are performed because labor is progressing too slowly, not for medical reasons. And of course, we now know that neither mother nor child fares better because of C section. In fact, they are now the most common surgical procedure done in this country. And less invasive approaches might be enough to speed up labor. And of course, it all speaks to the medicalization of childbirth in this country, which any number of very courageous medical voices now educate us all about how we medicalize childbirth and mothers don't fare better and certainly their their children do not as well whole body CT scans we all marveled remember the buzz when Oprah Winfrey got her total body scan and she was so relieved that she didn't harbor some potential deadly disease Whole-body CAT scans cost $1,000 or more, have no proven benefits for patients um, who are otherwise healthy, and they expose you to far more radiation than an x-ray. We store radiation that cumulative doses of all the dental x-rays you've had and chest x-rays and Spinal X-rays, and the last time you thought you broke your leg, that X-ray and CT scans that have many times the dose of radiation as a single X-ray are cumulative. It can affect your DNA. If you are genetically susceptible, it can set the stage for other problems. Case in point, read the research of Dr. John Goffman, University of California, San Francisco, I mean, here's a guy who has the patent on uranium and plutonium. His curriculum vitae, just amazing. He points out in a recently published 600-plus page book that we can link many cases of heart disease and cancer to medical radiation, whole body scans. The new high-tech angiography using a CT scan to non-invasively check coronary arteries for the narrowing, for the blockage, costs on average $450, but that standard cardiac catheterization is sometimes still needed to confirm blockages that require aggressive trusting. So, just like with virtual colonoscopy, many patients opting for virtual colonoscopy because it uh, it appears to be as good as standard colonoscopy at spotting smaller suspicious polyps, colon polyps. But you have to ask questions about long-term outcome. If you uh, opt for the high-tech angiography, but you suspect a blockage and you still have to undergo the other procedure, now you're subjected to double the amount of radiation from these uh, angiographic uh, procedures. Of course, you have to ask the risk involved as well. And both with high-tech angiography and virtual colonoscopy, it does lessen the risk to a certain extent. And by that, I mean virtual colonoscopy does not carry with it the risk associated with um, bowel perforation that a standard colonoscopy carries and why it's less costly than the standard procedure. For some, it's not cost effective because if they find something suspicious, it does require coming back for retesting using the standard colonoscopy. But it does point out when you assess virtual colonoscopy, ...versus standard colonoscopy... ...versus not opting for colonoscopy at all... ...what's right for you? And why so many of the pronouncements of medicine... ...are one size fits all... ...the eye-opening fact is that for most if not all of us... ...it is very much a... ...you have to assess the risk... ...assess the benefits... Talk with trusted healthcare practitioners. Make a decision on the basis of what's best for you. Does the suggested medical test or treatment do the benefits outweigh the risk? If that's the case, then that's probably the best course of action for you. Of course, um, you know using the CT scans to non-invasively check coronary arteries, Why the downside is, if um, you have blockages that require aggressive treatment, you might need the regular, the standard cardiac catheterization. There are alternatives. There are many books and many experts out there who point out the downsides. It's not 100% accurate in terms of cardiac catheterization. You're signing a release for an emergency bypass surgery should something go wrong during the procedure there are certainly non-invasive ways counterpulsation chelation therapy the Ornish um, exercise and diet approach the Pritikin exercise and diet approach the Cooper exercise and diet approach uh, aged garlic vitamin K2 that can regress blockage without the standard structural approach to heart disease. So even though the experts um, say that high-tech angiography and virtual colonoscopy is overused, again, keep in mind, no one right way. You have to assess the benefits versus the risk of all the treatment options available to you and make an informed decision about what's best for you. We'll come back to complete our list of overused medical tests and treatments with the amazing revelation that perhaps as much as 50% of our nation's $2 trillion annual health care bill is totally unnecessary. one 800 right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, worldwide, whenever and wherever you need us, at HealthyTalkRadio.com. Now, more with America's favorite healthcare consumer, Deborah Ray.
1: Our topic today, overused medical tests and treatment. Why do the experts now say that nearly one half of that staggering, highest point in history annual disease care bill of $2 trillion, unnecessary? Too much treatment, too many drugs, too little true preventive care. We've been talking about back surgery, heart pain surgery, prostate treatments, implantable defibrillators, coronary stents, C-sections, whole body scans, high-tech angiography, virtual colonoscopy. We conclude the list of most overused medical tests and treatment with prescription drugs that the pharmaceutical industry now spends an estimated $29.9 billion a year promoting new brand name prescription drugs. But yet the science is clear to us that newer isn't necessarily better. And with the current standard that a manufacturer to secure FDA approval only need prove that the drug works better than a sugar pill, not necessarily efficacious in fact um, in the most recent year tabulated 2005 75% of the drugs approved by the Food and Drug Administration were me too versions of existing remedies so one of the many reasons why we have all too many overused medical tests and treatments and finally making the list of the top ten overused medical tests and treatments in this country, high-tech mammography. Mammography overall has come under increasing scrutiny by many physicians. In fact, we've had Dr. Samuel Epstein, a professor of epidemiology uh, emeritus at the University of Illinois, um, um, Chicago, who wrote Breast Cancer Prevention Plan, join us to talk about all the risk the false positives, the false negatives associated with mammography, the treatment options in terms of breast cancer screening, and the fact that we have all too little focus on true preventive care. That better than 90% of breast cancer, not related to genes, related to how we're taking care of genetic expression. The type, the amount of fat in our diet, obesity, a breast cancer uh, uh, risk factor, toxins in our environment, a breast cancer risk factor, that we have all too little of the true preventive measures encouraged to really make a difference when it comes to saving lives, saving money. Thanks for joining uh, us today. We invite you to join us online, healthytalkradio.com. I'm Deborah Ray. reminding you, live long, stay healthy.